0: to our OWA Talks podcast. This is our first episode of 2021. I am your co-host Stephanie here with my other co-host Sandra and today we're doing something a little bit different because we actually have two guests today. Um, so our guest today is our Liz Klunk from Versant Health and Caroline Hickam from the American Heart Association. Welcome.
1: Thank you. Thanks for having us.
0: Yeah really excited. We're going to be talking about something kind of a little bit more on the non-optical side because um, we, you know, definitely think it's important to be talking about heart health, and so that's kind of going to be what we're talking about today. So let's start out with Liz. Um, can you introduce yourself and in a little bit
2: about your background? Sure. Thank you. Hi, I'm Liz Klung. <clears throat> I'm the senior vice president of medical management for Versant Health. Um, I am also on the executive leadership team for the Baltimore area. American Heart Association Go Red for Women campaign. So that's why I'm here joining uh, Caroline, um, talking to you all today. I am a registered nurse. I've been in the managed care industry for many, many years and have many personal connections as well as professional experiences related to heart disease, and it's so passionate to me to, to share these messages with you all, and also to make that bit of a connection between eye health and overall health, and we'll talk about that later.
0: Well, thank you, Liz, for joining us, and Caroline, what about you? Give us a little bit of background.
2: Sure, so
1: I'm Caroline Hickam. I'm the director of Go Red for Women for the American Heart Association. I've been in this role for a little over a year and a half, um, but I'm a longtime volunteer of the American Heart Association because I was born with a congenital heart defect. Um, I've had two open heart surgeries with more in the future. Um, so the research and work that the American Heart Association does is the reason I get to be here today talking to you about something that I'm very passionate about.
3: Thank you both so much for, for joining us today. And we're really excited to focus on Go Red for Women, which is obviously sponsored by the American Heart
2: Association. Why is this such an important topic for us to discuss? You know, I, th- I think it goes unrecognized that cardiovascular disease is the leading cause of death of women in the United States, killing more than one woman every 80 seconds. That's pretty profound. Nearly 45% of women who are 20 years of age and older are living with some form of cardiovascular disease. Um, and especially women of childbearing age, um, it's the leading lead cause of all maternal deaths during uh, pregnancy, you know, pre and post phases of pregnancy. Um, so we don't hear about that a lot. We just hear about you know, um, heart attacks in general or cardiovascular disease in general, but we felt it was so important to talk about how it impacts women. Um, you know, When we talk about the impact of women in different groups, Um, cardiovascular disease claims more lives of Black women than all other forms of cancer, accidents, assaults, and Alzheimer's disease combined. Um, More than 57% of Black women have cardiovascular disease. Um, More than 56% have high blood pressure. More than 65% have high don't have treatment for their high blood pressure. Um, And women 20 years of age and older have diabetes in the Black American community. It doesn't stop there. (laughs) it's uh, Cardiovascular disease is the leading cause of death for white women as well. For white women, cardiovascular disease claims more lives than cancer, breast cancer, Alzheimer's disease, Parkinson's, motor... Vehicle accidents and unintentional injuries. So it's just very profound. Women in their 30s are more likely to die from cardiovascular disease than breast cancer. And white women in their 60s are 33 more times likely to die from cardiovascular disease than Alzheimer's. It hits all of us pretty significantly. Um, And a lot of times as women, we don't even think about it or don't realize it until a significant event has occurred.
0: Wow, those are kind of some sobering statistics because you don't really think about it very often. And so I think getting the awareness out is great. We know about National Red Day. When is that this year? And how can individuals get involved with this important project?
1: Yeah, so National Wear Red Day happens every year on the first Friday of February. This year that falls on February 5th. It's one of my favorite days because awareness is really what's most important to me. And this is an opportunity for everyone to be a part of the work of the American Heart Association. So to get involved, wear red. You know, we're home now, but it could be a t-shirt, it could be PJs, it could be a sweater, a blouse, whatever you have that's red. Um, And we are also really active on social media on that day. All of our offices across the country, as well as our national office in Texas, are are actively posting and spreading awareness and um, just posting facts. So being a part of that, sharing your red, sharing your why um, is really the best way you can get involved with National Wear Red Day.
3: So I think that that all of us will be wearing our red, um, especially after listening to all the important things. And I think one of the things about February is that it really leads us to think more about our heart health, just when we think about the, the holiday Maybe not so much always as much important about our heart, but you shared some statistics about how common um, the impact of heart disease is, but but how common are things like heart attacks?
2: Yeah, heart attacks actually are unfortunately very common. The CDC reports that over 800,000 Americans have heart attacks every single year. That is 2,205 heart attacks per day, 91 per hour or one heart attack, one and a half heart attacks every minute. So, you know, again, a pretty profound statistic. Three quarters of all of those heart attacks are the individual's first heart attack. So a quarter of that represents subsequent or repeat heart attacks. The CDC also says that women's heart attacks are generally more severe than men's. And in the first year, after the heart attack, women are 50% more likely to die from their heart attack than men. And women have a two times more likely chance of having subsequent heart attacks than men.
0: Wow, I didn't know any of that. What are some of the factors that would increase somebody's risk for heart disease?
1: So there are many factors that are both controllable and not controllable. I think we'll touch on that throughout our conversation today. But the main factors that really can't be controlled um, are age, gender, family history. But while they can't be controlled, it is important that you acknowledge those things and work with your healthcare providers to figure out how you can address, address some of those factors.
3: So are, are there factors that one can control? There are, yes.
1: Smoking, tobacco use, cholesterol and blood pressure, which are both manageable, physical activity, being overweight, Diabetes, stress, alcohol, diet, nutrition. You know, some of those daily decisions that you make of what to pull out of the pantry or is it too cold to go for a walk Um, and stuff like that, as well as, like I said, those things like high blood pressure and cholesterol that you can work with your physician to handle and manage.
3: As you list some of those things that we can control, we really are in January and, and many of us tend to have those resolutions to become healthier. Do you have any ideas or suggestions? for things that, that our listeners might be able to do to create a path, just sort of have a healthier heart?
2: I think as Carolina shared, now's a good time to kind of take a personal inventory of our health, of our lifestyles, of our behaviors. Um, you know, it's, it's the time for resolution, right, for as long as they may or may not last. But, you know, first and foremost, if you happen to be a smoker, please stop, so important on so many levels. Visit your healthcare professional early, make your annual appointment early, talk to them, um, especially if you have risk factors, if you're, you know, have family history of any of the cardiovascular disease, hypertension, anyone who's had a heart attack in your family, if you have diabetes or your family has a history of diabetes, all these things are important in having the conversation with your healthcare professional so that you both together can really work on a plan, monitor your, yourself closely, and really have frank conversations about the subtleties. It's the subtleties of symptoms, especially in women, that go unrecognized and we attribute them to so many other things. So uh, that, that is first and foremost so important.
0: So we've been talking a little bit about different risk factors On the American Heart Association website, it states that you can make modest changes to your diet and lifestyle, and it can reduce uh, your risk by up to 80% for a heart attack. But there are things, like you've mentioned, that can't be changed, like age, heredity, um, race. I know changing your lifestyle can be really difficult, um, especially you know, for some people, what are kind of some smaller things that people can do to help reduce their risk um, if they can't do some of the bigger changes at first?
1: Yeah, that's that's a great question. And, and while my advice is the advice that I've done through my research, um, I, I definitely first and foremost encourage talking to your doctor. But I, I also very much advocate for tiny habits or small choices. So it doesn't have to be oh my gosh, I have this, 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 and this wrong. I'm going to have a heart attack. And while that may be the case, that doesn't mean that you have to address everything at one time. You can take the steps to eat healthier, drink more water, get outside, get a walk and Like I... I got a dog this year and I've gone on more walks than I ever have. And I feel great and I get to enjoy the fresh air. So really considering those things, if you're smoking, of course, stop smoking. You know, if you're going out to eat and you're going to be drinking, you know, try to limit how much you drink, drink water, sometimes substitute for a salad, you know, think about how much meat you're eating, stuff like that. Um, working with dietitians, cardiologists, physicians um, like that would absolutely be helpful little steps you can take.
2: I'd also like to just add a little bit that um, just in line with Caroline, it's little things. When you go to the grocery store, don't park at the first spot park towards the back of the lot, right? And take you know, two extra seconds and take 25 more steps. Um, do things like that. If you uh, have the ability to take stairs instead of an elevator, even if you can only take one flight of stairs, it's better than taking the elevator for the whole trip. Simple little things like that, that are not monumental. You're really not changing your, your routines or your lifestyle, but you're just incorporating a little bit more exercise and a little bit more movement into your everyday activities Um, has shown to be very, very beneficial.
3: I really love the the idea of doing things small and and not only will that help your heart, but many other factors of your life. And obviously getting a dog is always a great thing. I know Stephanie and I are both dog people. Many of our OWA listeners and and members who are listening today work in the optical field. So they're doing some type of work around the eyes. what what is the connection between eye health and cardiovascular disease?
2: As as we all know, being part of the optical and vision industry, there is a deep connection between vision health and overall health and wellness. In fact, there are more than 20 health conditions or medical conditions that can be diagnosed through a routine eye exam. Um, And the leading conditions are cardiovascular disease, hypertension, and diabetes. And Most individuals, there are some studies that say upward of 20% of individuals that um, uh, have been diagnosed with these conditions first learn about them from an eye exam. The subtle changes in the blood vessels and the nerves in the back of the eye are so telling as to what is happening metabolically or systemically in the rest of our bodies. And it's really important. Um, I'm gonna share really quick, uh, just a personal story. Someone in my family, normal eye exam, went to get their eyes checked, they wear glasses, and their eye care professional was about ready to call 911 because the blood blood vessels in the back of the eye were so inflamed and so engorged that she was afraid that the that my family member would have a a stroke right there in front of her. It didn't happen, thank goodness, and everything was fine, but it was something simple. We talk about what are the simple things we can do. My family member loves stir fry and buys the prepared stir fry vegetables from the freezer section. I challenge all of you to flip that over and look at the sodium content in those prepared vegetables. It is like 25 times the normal limit of sodium per day in the bag of vegetables. And that was the driving cause, but it was so significant and so damaging, potentially damaging to the vision, not only to blood pressure, uh, that that it alarmed the eye care professional. So had the you know they not gone to just get their eyes checked annually to get, make sure their prescription was still good, they would never have known that they were having. High blood pressure issues from some food that they ate. Yeah,
0: and I know that more people, because they need to see, are more willing to go to the eye doctor than their regular primary care physician for regular checkups. So that's always been something that I've been aware of in the industry. And it, absolutely, that's a great you know way to get people to take better care of their health. Mm-hmm. So let's talk a little bit about symptoms of a heart attack. How do men and women kind of have different symptoms or experiences? And what are some things that women should kind of be aware of um, if they think they may be having a heart attack?
2: Yeah, so I think the five main warning signs, and they really are, there's not a specific sign that is you know gender specific, but the, the five main warning signs are pain or discomfort in the chest, lightheadedness, nausea or vomiting, jaw pain or back pain, discomfort in the arms or the shoulders, and shortness of breath. So pretty much nondescript, right? We can attribute that to anything. Oh, I lifted and I hurt my shoulder, I must have slept wrong. Women especially, the numbness and the tingling in the arm, I must have slept wrong or I didn't sleep correctly. As with men, the most common heart attack symptom is chest pain. So that is the number one thing but women somewhat are more likely than men to experience some other symptom as well, such as shortness of breath, nausea or vomiting, or the associated jaw or neck pain. So men typically just have like the crushing. They'll say, I feel like an elephant is on my chest. Women will say, well, yeah my chest hurts but you know i have this weird feeling in my hand i must be carrying my pocketbook on, on my arm they attribute it and i was an er nurse for 15 years so i have seen it all and experienced it all and women will come in with the most profound intense acute heart attack and say yeah, my chest has been bothering me, but until my arm or I was couldn't start, you know, breathe well, I decided to come in. Men, they come running, right? Oh my God, my chest, I'm going to have a heart attack, which is good. We want everyone to do that, but um, they're just different. The perception of how we perceive those symptoms, what we attribute them to, right? As women, as working professionals, as parents, caregivers, whatever, we can attribute our signs and symptoms to probably 100 other things a day. As women, we need to stop doing that. And we need to start thinking about ourselves first sometimes and really pay attention to what our bodies are telling us.
1: Yeah, and I would love to add, if you are experiencing any of those, call 911. That is, that is your action item. Even during COVID and, and not feeling safe going out, the hospital is still the safest and best place for you to be if you are experiencing a heart attack.
3: I, I really appreciated at the beginning of the podcast where you gave specifics that were tailored very much towards women in, in different categories. And one of the things that we've been seeing a lot are um, a lot of necessary and long overdue attention to disparity of woman representation across numerous professions and positions where there's influence and in leadership. How How does the American Heart Association include activities to support this important initiative?
1: Yeah, so I I definitely, when I first learned about Optical Women's Association, I was very excited to get to learn more about what you do, because I think women coming together in fields where women are primarily underrepresented, such as STEM fields, to empower each other and help each other advance is, is just an amazing thing. And I think we need more of that. And the American Heart Association acknowledges that women are severely underrepresented in STEM fields. While we make up about half of the workforce, only 25% of STEM fields are actually represented by women. So we're seeing women outside of those careers and and for various reasons. Um, And so what the American Heart Association does in in various markets across the country, including ours here in Baltimore, um, is a program called STEM Goes Red. And what we do is we pull together students in Baltimore, we've done middle school and high school students to talk to people, women specifically that are in STEM careers, to show them how interdisciplinary it is, what different career paths you can take. It's not necessarily a four-year degree to enter the STEM field and just give some guidance that, you know, they might not be getting at home, or they might not be getting at school or seeing in their everyday lives. And what we're hoping is that we will continue to advance women in this industry and see that by having more studies focused around women, having more research results, telling women, this is what is going to, this what could happen in your body um, if you're experiencing a heart attack or a congenital heart defect like I have. And so we're really trying to encourage young girls to start early in their exposure to the STEM field and, and really find their path in that.
0: We definitely appreciate both of you taking your time today to kind of talk to us and you know little changes that we can all make to make ourselves a little bit healthier and we definitely want everyone to be aware so that they can take better care of their health. What we always kind of like end our podcast with you know what's your last piece of advice and what would be the one main takeaway for each of you
2: So I'm going to say, focus on our own health. No pun intended. (laughs) You know, we've talked about a lot of the subtle symptoms that should not be overlooked, but we we need to start looking at ourselves and taking care of ourselves. Um, We talked a lot about the risk factors that can be controlled. The American Heart Association publishes a great guide. It's called Life Simple 7, and it intentionally helps you address risks. So take the time and visit that and and peruse those seven simple steps and incorporate them into your daily life.
1: And I would advocate for those small changes, you know, take that life simple seven list and and what little change can you make today? And, you know, what accountability buddy can you have? You know, what friend is also trying to better themselves or take care of their heart better? And how can you guys do that together? I know um, there's strength in numbers and, and we really see that when people join together to accomplish anything.
3: I love those tips of advice and they're really actionable and things that people can do. So thank you so much for joining us today. But before we leave, can you share with us how people can get involved with this Go Red?
1: Of course. So you can go on heart.org, find all of our resources, find more Go Red women specific information. But if you are looking to get involved in your local market or anything and you can't find their contact information or or you just want to learn more from me and I can connect you, feel free to, to send me an email and I'll, I'll point you in the right direction. My email is caroline, C-A-R-O-L-I-N-E dot Hickam, H-I-C-K-A-M at heart.org. Um, Thank you so much for taking the time today.
0: Well, thanks again, both of you for joining us today, Liz and Caroline, and hopefully our listeners you know, take it to heart and have learned a lot. So thank you.
2: Thank you so much.